Welcome to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Demi Fair. Here we dive into the world of the mind-body connection, exploring the gut-brain axis, microbiome, and nervous system while harnessing the power of intuition and connection to spirit. If you struggle with chronic digestive and mental stress and are tired of trying just one more diet or supplement to address your symptoms, then this is the place for you. Join me as we learn from the world of science and medicine, but also from nature, our own inner knowing, and personal stories. Thank you for tuning in, and now it's time to trust your gut. Hello and welcome back to the show. Today's episode is about FOMO, fear of missing out. And I'm excited to flesh this out a little bit today. This is something that I've been exploring within myself as it relates to trauma, to nervous system dysregulation, to protective mechanisms, And so this is like a little bit of a brainstorm exploration combined with what the current research says about FOMO. And I'm excited to talk about this today because it is something that I experience greatly that is so disturbing to me. It is so intertwined with my anxiety and indecision. And I will talk a little bit more in detail about that a little bit later on in the episode. But it's such a personal issue for me. And it's something that is really plaguing our modern world as well. So let's get into exploring this a little bit. FOMO, the fear of missing out, is a feeling that can really consume you and it causes mental and emotional stress. And it can often be linked with this like compulsive feeling, this compulsive concern that you are missing out on something. Often you feel like you might be missing out on an opportunity for social connection or a socially rewarding experience. And in general, fear of missing out is a relatively new construct. In fact, the term was only introduced in 2004 to describe this phenomenon that was observed on social networking sites. So FOMO is really connected to social media, and all of the research I have found has really connected it as a term being studied as a result from social media. So we'll talk about that a little bit first. And it is associated to be a problematic thing with social media use because it is found that many people might use social media and experience these negative emotions and feelings related to the need to belong. So it could be something that might be a brief feeling for someone mid-conversation or while they're scrolling on their Instagram feed, 
or it might be something someone experiences long-term where they consistently have a sense of FOMO, um, or it can be really like a state of mind that leads someone to feel that they might be lonely or socially inferior. This often comes from comparison, right, of seeing what everyone else is doing on social media and feeling like you're not doing enough, therefore you're not good enough, therefore you don't belong, therefore you don't have enough friends, you weren't invited to something, and that's where we get those feelings of loneliness, feeling inferior, sometimes there's anger, grief, depression, anxiety. And today, more than ever, people are exposed to a lot of details about what others are doing. And so people are faced continuously with this feeling that they're not doing enough or wondering if they're not doing enough or wondering if they are where they should be in terms of their life. And that's really one of the biggest aspects of FOMO is the consistent connection to what other people are doing. You know, we always talk about how social media is like this reel of all the positive things that are going on in people's lives, you know, all the highlight reels that we end up comparing ourselves to. And I know for myself, there's plenty of time when I've opened up Instagram and looked at some stories or scrolled through and suddenly I feel like shit. Like I'm feeling anxious. I just, I feel maybe frustrated. I don't feel good. And I'm like, wait, why am I feeling this way? And I am able to link it back to something I saw on social media in those couple minutes I were there that made me feel like I wasn't doing enough, that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't getting after it enough. So there's no doubt that FOMO is tremendously fueled by social media use. And it can become a reason why people get attached to social media. And from this attachment, there's been an association with a lot of negative feelings like and, and negative health consequences. So we're seeing, again, things like loneliness, anxiety, depression, but also lack of sleep and just overall negative effects on physical well-being and sometimes intimate social connections being seen as a way to feel worthy or counter social rejection. So some little statistics for you, because I found this really interesting, is that it's estimated 84% of American adults between 18 to 30 use one form of social media, whether that's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat. And out of all population segments, college students are the most digitally driven, with 97% of them using social media for an average of three hours per day. And it's also reported that on average, young Americans check their phone 262 times a day. So that's once every five and a half minutes. And many users find themselves checking their phones for messages, alerts, or calls, even if their phone hasn't been ringing or vibrating. Do you have familiarity with this? Because I do. Like, how many times do I check my phone, just touch the screen to see if a notification came up, if a text came through, if I missed a call, 
even if it's like on vibrate um, or I have a moment where I want to distract myself from something, I, I can be so easily distracted when I'm trying to like watch a video or work on something and I will compulsively pick up my phone to like open social media just to look at something else or check my email and see if there's any new notifications there. So this is something that becomes really compulsive that we don't even realize that we're doing. So again, it makes a lot of sense that you know this extreme connection and addiction to our phones and this subconscious compulsivity to check them and check social media and if people are doing that on average every five and a half minutes you can see how easily this is going to build up that experience of FOMO along with many other things. So in general FOMO is usually experienced more frequently later in the day and towards the end of the week where social events are typically at their peak. And if people have their notifications on and the way that social media embeds that into their apps, people get notified of these social events in real time, which makes them distracted from their present moment and makes them feel that sensation of missing out. I will be honest and say I've noticed that within myself too, where maybe I am perfectly happy having a nice chill time to myself or or doing something in my present moment and maybe I see that someone else is out doing something and maybe it's something I could attend to or it triggers this feeling of like oh well that seems fun like oh it is Friday night like maybe I should go out and do something so I can also really relate to this and you know in general people really differ in the extent to which they fear missing out. Those who fear missing out to a greater extent are more vulnerable to mood disturbances and social media addiction and fatigue and stress, decreased sleep, and overall poor psychological well-being. And so FOMO ends up having this heightened negative effect over the week. It's also been linked to more alcohol consumption and higher incidence of alcohol-related negative consequences, lower self-esteem, and just an overall decreased life satisfaction. This is something that we see in younger generations who have grown up with social media usage at their fingertips. We have seen a huge increase in depression and suicide. So social media is really all about gratifying our need to belong, to be connected in. We are social creatures. We depend on our social connections and communities. And so research indicates that a higher need for belongingness is associated with greater social surveillance. That means it motivates people to scan and navigate their environment for social opportunities. We are constantly looking for ways to engage and connect and be social. 
and this need to belong and this need to connect and be social drives social media use because these platforms make it so easy. It's endless opportunity for social engagement and giving us really like a false sense of belonging. It's not to say we don't connect with others on social media. We absolutely do. But oftentimes when we're going on there just to scroll and see what other people are doing, it's not a real connection. And we are experiencing it as such, but it's not as fully satisfying as a real connection. So this is where I want to dig a little bit deeper. Because... Again, so much of the research around FOMO is its linkage to social media. But I think it goes a lot deeper than that, and I know there's research out there to indicate this, but the need to belong is not a new construct, right? The need for social connection and belonging to a tribe has been with humans forever. It, it started as a survival mechanism, there was an evolutionary advantage to being part of a group or a community or a tribe because this was a way that we could get food, water, shelter, protection. So our survival as an individual within a tribe and thus our survival as a species was all about being aware of threats to ourselves and to the larger group. We needed to be in the know. It was critical to survival. If we were not aware of a new food source, then you missed out on something that could mean the difference between if you survived or not. And even when humans moved from hunter-gatherer times into more stable farming communities, being in the know still meant being in the right place at the right time to get resources, to get information to engage with the community of what was being shared and communicated. And this would also apply to surviving through being able to grow food properly and get what you needed to do so and trade. So all the systems that we created through communication to enhance our lives and make sure that we were keeping each other informed of important information about danger to our own community or species. This all developed over the time from first just speaking and sharing by word of mouth through the community to then newspaper, to television, to the internet, and now to social media platforms. This has always been a part of human nature. And being left out is considered such an important event for us to pay attention to and respond to quickly that we actually have a part of the brain that is specialized for sensing this. This is number three in Maslow's hierarchy of needs is belonging, connection. So the part of our brain that is specialized for sensing out belonging and and FOMO is part of the limbic system called the amygdala. And that's the part of the brain that detects whether or not something is a threat to our survival. 
And being left out is a threat. It is a huge threat dating all the way back to our hunter-gatherer times. It's an ancient threat and it creates stress and anxiety in the system, which means it's engaging the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight system. That's why people, when they're experiencing FOMO, can feel a lot of hypervigilance and anxiety because they're in their fight or flight system. Their amygdala is saying, I'm being left out. This is life or death. Something is really wrong. So we can all experience this, right? It's ingrained in us. Those who are more likely to experience FOMO are those who are highly sensitive to environmental threats. So that would be those who have experienced trauma, especially emotional trauma, those who have dysregulated nervous systems or highly sensitive nervous systems, and those who struggle with anxiety or social anxiety, and then those who have obsessive or compulsive behaviors. I can really relate to the obsessive compulsive part of it, especially as someone who struggles with OCD and obsessive thinking. They're can be that feeling for a lot of people that, you know, being psychologically stressed like that doesn't feel good, of course. And it's one of the reasons why the fear of missing out feels bad and and people want to avoid it. So in an attempt to prevent that stress response, some people will really like put in more effort to not miss out on anything and almost end up in a constant process of checking, like maybe checking their social media or overthinking or overanalyzing or ruminating or feeling indecisive. It's all kind of a state of hypervigilance, which again, keeps us in that fight or flight response and keeps us going in that cycle of stress. So there's another type of person that can be more at risk for experiencing FOMO and feeling it more deeply. And this is a type of person I really resonate with, and that is maximizers. And maximizers are looking to just get the best out of every situation, make the best decision, (laughs) do the best thing. And maximizers spend a lot more time and energy into making decisions than most people do. And they're often anxious about whether or not they're making the right choice and can end up going into regret or depression because of it. They can ruminate more easily, overanalyze. And it's a really, really exhausting place to be. And this is the type of person I really resonate with. I feel like I tend to examine every option and analyze it and really want to make the best choice possible, make the best decision because I want to do the best thing in any given situation. Well, unfortunately, this is why I end up experiencing FOMO so often and it also contributes to anxiety So all my life, I 
feel like I have struggled with obsessive thinking, indecision, and levels of anxiety. And I don't know how far back FOMO goes for me. You know, can I remember feeling it before social media? Yes. I remember always wanting to be out doing and being at the social events. And I think even back to when I was a little kid, like I would do all the sports and activities. I tried all of them. I never really stuck with just one. And I wonder if that was already some sort of sense of FOMO, some sort of sense of being a maximizer of that kind of obsessive thinking driven indecision. There's no doubt that since smartphones came about, I think I got my first smartphone at 23. So a little bit later to the party, but there was definitely Facebook and MySpace and MSN Messenger and stuff like that before. And I think also just a lot of social dynamics can bring about FOMO, like wanting to fit into certain groups in school. It's not just something that's going to be in media, right? Uh, So I always felt like I wanted to be out doing things. I never really wanted to be home. Um, I found just, I guess, more value and satisfaction from being busy and being with other people. And that is definitely connected to my nervous system response of being more in the sympathetic fight or flight state. Um, I relate to being a lot in the flight response of always wanting to be out adventuring, being social, attending the things, doing exciting things, traveling, moving, doing. It is a protective mechanism that I developed to keep me safe. Being in the do, being in the go, doing these exciting things, maximizing, belonging was a way that I felt safe. So it makes a lot of sense that from this place, FOMO developed for me. And of course, social media amplifies it for me. I am one of those people who are already sensitive to experiencing FOMO more often and to a greater extent. Now, it's not all around social media because I will have a decision to make about, it can be simple like, oh, am I going to go mountain biking today or am I going to go to the yoga class? And sometimes that decision can become difficult because, well, maybe so-and-so is going mountain biking and I'm going to miss out on biking with that group of people, but my body really wants yoga. Who might be there and what might that be? And it's like kind of this spiral. And... It can be with so many different decisions in my life. Um, it's, it's often these small ones, but it's also usually between, do I go out on this adventure or do this thing or do this social event? Or do I tune into my body and hear that I'm feeling tired and I need to take some restful time to myself? Oh, but I don't want to miss out on this. When I traveled a lot, a lot of FOMO would come up. Oh, like maybe it's time to go to this place, but I don't, because I don't want to miss out on having more time there, but 
I also don't want to miss out on having my full time here. And there was so many times that I was just in such painful indecision around leaving a place or not um, because of that feeling of FOMO and the obsessive thinking that would accompany it and just spiral around and around and around the decision I was making. So for me, I've come to really understand that FOMO is truly... (laughs) like the source of so much of my suffering. And it's hard to say, like maybe pinpoint that out versus obsessive thinking or indecision because they they all kind of tie together. But when I recognize the moments that I'm feeling anxiety the most, it's accompanied most often by FOMO, by indecision. And my obsessive thinking OCD tendencies just propel that and keep that cycling over and over and over in my mind. And it is such a hard thing to move through, especially when our modern world keeps developing in a way that's gearing us towards always being in the know of what's going on, having so many opportunities at our fingertips, seeing what everyone else is doing, feeling like there's maybe all these different pathways you could or should take. It's not getting any easier to deal with FOMO. And do I have the answer for you all on how to deal with it? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if you look into like common answers out there of how to deal with FOMO, it's like take a break from social media. Like, yeah, that's great. That is a really great thing to do, actually, if you can. And I think it can really help with FOMO. For me, FOMO is not all in social media, though. It's like this internal experience that is kind of within myself. It's, it's like a fear of missing out on the right choice for myself. And so I do feel like I've gotten better with it, mostly as I've learned to listen to my body and to my intuition and really honor that voice, really honor that voice. And sometimes I have to talk myself through like, what would you actually gain by doing this thing that you think you're going to miss out on? talk myself through understanding there's always going to be things I feel like I'm missing out on. There's always going to be things. I mean, really, there's always going to be something I miss out on, whether that's an event or getting the sleep that I need, right? So it's like a consistent thing to bring into perspective. And then how do we really feel that in our body? Well, for me, that ties into what FOMO is for me. It is a protective mechanism, right? So it's some part of what I develop to keep myself safe. So I've talked about this before. I talk about it in the episode about my learnings from my time in Mexico. Is My way of learning how to keep myself safe was to do, check off the to-do list or 
be on the go, hang out with people, do exciting things. And, and my personality is very much like I thrive off of adventures, big outdoor adventures, travel, social events. As I get older and as I get more tuned into my body and my nervous system, I'm finding a lot more value in slowing down and spending time with myself and finding a better balance. I think it can naturally happen. But I place so much value in these other things and it's a way that I've kept myself safe that if I'm not doing those things and I start to feel anxious and unsafe and that's when the FOMO comes in. And so understanding and being aware of that protective mechanism and why it's there for me, maybe where I feel it in my body when it comes up, I can begin to work with my nervous system a little bit more because remember FOMO is often a fight or flight response. It causes us to go into a fight or flight response in our body. So what are my methods for coming out of fight or flight? And what am I doing throughout the day to nourish my nervous system? And then it's exploring, is there any past trauma that maybe needs to be processed? Is there anything that has led to FOMO becoming a protective mechanism? And it can be really hard to pinpoint, but... The more you work with your body and your nervous system and processing trauma in general, it can kind of start to clear up some of those things. Sometimes just shifting what you value can be helpful, like really starting to value the slower things, really valuing time off the phone, really valuing presence in your life and what you're doing, really being grateful for those things can also be really helpful. So again, we're trying to bring in the bottom-up approach of working with the body and also the top-down approach. So looking at our mindset, looking at gratitude, reshifting our perspective, both approaches are going to be important. So I don't necessarily have the answers for you, but this is something I'm exploring, mostly because it is such a real experience in my life, but I know so many other people experience this too. So I am curious if you resonate with this, if you experience FOMO, if you can see it as a trauma response or protective mechanism for yourself, and if you found anything that's really helped you. I would love to hear what has helped other people. And just a reminder that this is a biological experience for us. We need to belong to survive. And so fear of missing out does not mean, you know, you're weak or that you're just addicted to social media or that you're not good enough. This is your biology looking for survival through belonging. And whenever I can remind myself of the brilliance of my nervous system, and my brain, and how everything's working together to keep me safe, it brings more compassion to my experience. That it's not just something I need to think through better, or shift my mindset, or whatever. That this is my body, my system, trying to keep me safe. And that brings just a lot more compassion to the experience. And anytime we can bring more compassion to our experiences, especially in the healing journey, that's when we really heal. That's what healing really is. So again, 
let me know if this is something you struggle with and if this is something that you have found support in or found things that have worked for you, you can get in touch with me through um, many of the different ways down in the show notes. And just a reminder that if you're interested in learning more about our nervous system states and how they directly impact our gut health and our mental health and our gut-brain connection in general, really understanding that The awareness of that is the first step to healing those digestive issues, especially those chronic ones we've had for a lot of our life that are often accompanied by anxiety, obsessive thinking, FOMO, (laughs) depression, whatever we may be experiencing in our mental health. Understanding our nervous system is the most important piece. And I have a free guide for you. It's in the show notes. It's going to walk you through that. It's going to give you tools that you can use right now today to support it. And I have a guided somatic practice in there for you, and it's just going to kick you off on the right start. So go download that and check that out if you haven't already. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and share it. That helps it reach others who will benefit from this information. So much gratitude for you. Have a beautiful day.